Well, I'm excited today because we are beginning a brand new series that we have entitled The Unknowns. Uh, over the next few weeks, we are going to be looking at some of the lesser known people in the Bible. As much as we might love the stories about David and Daniel and Moses and the Apostle Paul, it is easy for us to think that, that they were able to accomplish those things for God, but that's not possible for us, right? I mean, after all, we work in a cubicle, you know? When was the last time someone wrote an inspiring story about a cubicle worker? Minus uh, office space. Other than office space, there isn't that many stories about cubicle workers, right? There's this sin... And I think a lot of churches, and it's the sin that I call, I could never do what God is calling me to do. Churches today are full of faithless people. And none of us are immune to it, right? None of us are immune to these moments where we think we can't accomplish that which God's calling us to do. I mean, even some of the heroes in the Bible that we admire struggled with this, right? David lacked faith. From time to time. Moses doubted that he was the right guy for the job. God called him to go back into Egypt to free his people and to, and to talk to Pharaoh and make this big announcement to let my people go. And Moses was like, but I can't talk in public. I stutter, right? He was faithless at times. So we know that in those stories, but some for some reason we overlook those moments of weakness. Instead of realizing that those people were as human as we are, right? But I get it. I mean, Moses is Moses, right? Right. We picture, we picture uh, Charlton Heston. He's Moses. No, none of us have ever been mistakenly called Moses. I get it. We are not Moses. So that's why we're doing this series. Because I want us to realize that the Bible is full of more people who are not famous than people who are famous. There are over 3,000 Unique people mentioned in the Bible. Over 3,000. How many do you think you could name? I've already given you four, right? David, Daniel, Moses, and Paul. How many more do you think you could name? Maybe five more? Do you think you name five other people in the Bible? Maybe, maybe 10 more? If you're a Bible scholar, maybe 15 more, you know? Whatever. So maybe, if, if you're lucky, on a good day, you could name 19 or 20 people out of the Bible. That means there are 2,980 people who you know nothing or very little about. Now, obviously, not all 2,980 people are people you want to admire, right? I don't know anyone who wants to grow up to be the next King Herod, right? We don't see many little Judases running around today. But there are countless others whom you may know nothing about, but who are used by God to tell this amazing love story that we call the Bible. And so my hope is that through this series, you will discover and embrace that whether you clean toilets for a living or you're the CEO of a Fortune 500 company, God not only wants to use you, but that God can use you to help bring his kingdom to earth. Like I said earlier, so many in the churches love the idea that God uses people to show the world love. But they don't really believe that God can use them. I think one of the major reasons for this thought is, like, when we start thinking about God using people, we think of, like, uh, uh, the party of the Red Sea. And we just can't imagine God ever using us to part Lake Lanier so that some country boys from Gainesville can cross it, right? We don't, we don't see that happening in our lives. The, pr 
problem is we think that God only uses people to do really big things like splitting the Red Sea or raising the dead. And since we can't see, our, see ourselves doing those things, then we don't think that God can use us. Since we can't see ourselves as Moses, Daniel, or Paul, we think God has no reason to use us. So my hope is that this series will show you that no matter who you are, you have a role to play in the love story that God's telling. You may never show up in a book, but you will be written on the hearts of those you impact in the name of Jesus Christ. Besides, if you don't think God can use you, then I want you to read the 22nd chapter of Numbers, beginning with verse 21. In Numbers uh, uh, 22, 21, God spoke to Balaam through Balaam's donkey. God literally used a donkey. Now, if you have a King James Bible, it reads much better. In the King James, I'll let you figure out why that story reads better in the King James Bible. But he uses a donkey to talk to Balaam. So if God can use a donkey, he can use you. All right? Your name may, may remain unknown to billions of people. But all that matters is that your name is known to the people to whom you are called. So today I want to begin the series by looking at someone who sought to live out God's will for his life. But he wasn't someone who just liked the idea of living into God's will, but he was someone who, who went uh, on the offensive to gain it. In fact, some of you may have actually heard of this guy. We're starting off the series with someone who probably isn't a complete unknown to a lot of Christians. We're going to read about a guy by the name of Jabez. In the year 2000, Bruce Wilkinson wrote a book entitled The Prayer of Jabez. And so for a few years there, in the early 2000s, Jabez was the coolest guy around. Every church was reading The Prayer of Jabez. But over time, his name has kind of faded back into the background. So today, I want to put the spotlight back on it. So if you have your Bible or your phone, go to 1 Chronicles. That's in the New, uh, Old Testament. 1 Chronicles in the Old Testament, chapter 4. And we're going to begin reading in the ninth verse. He only shows up in two verses in the entire Bible. Two verses. Chapter 9 of 1 Chronicles 9 and 10. Uh, chapter 4, sorry, verse 9 and 10. It says, There was a man named Jabez, who was more honorable than any of his brothers. His mother named him Jabez because his birth had been so painful. He was the one who prayed to the God of Israel, Oh, that you would bless me and expand my territory. Please be with me in all that I do. And keep me from all trouble and pain. And God granted him his request. That is pretty much all we know about Jabez. Those two verses. Now, it is implied that uh, he is an ancestor of the kings of Judah. And the kings of Judah included King David. And so Jabez might have been one of David's ancestors. And we're going to talk about that a little bit later on. But Jabez is only mentioned in two verses in the entire Bible. And yet somehow, some guy thousands of years later could write a best-selling book all about the one thing that we know Jabez did. And that one thing that we know he did was he prayed. That is literally the only thing we know for sure that this guy ever did. He prayed. We don't even know if he prayed any other prayers, right? This might have been the only prayer he ever prayed. Now, I doubt that, right? I don't think this is the only prayer he's ever prayed. Besides... Even if it is, it's a really good prayer. It's one of the most profound and humble prayers recorded in the entire Bible that was not prayed by Jesus himself. Now, before we get to the prayer itself, I want to look at Jabez's name. In the ancient world, and even in parts of the world today, 
children are given names that, that meant something, right? A lot of us choose the name of our children because we like the sound of it, right? It sounds good when we put it with our last name. It just sounds good. We don't really care about the meaning. We don't even think about the meaning of the name. It just sounds good. In fact, when I was writing the sermon, I, I, I Googled uh, beautiful names with horrible meanings because I wanted to give you some examples. And then I started to think, what if I pick the name of someone in here, right, or someone watching online, or I pick the name of your favorite grandmother? And so I figured that would probably be a very dangerous game to play, so I decided not to do it, except the name Calvin. It means bald, just FYI. <laughs> Calvin's a nice name, but it's, meaning it's not exactly great, but right, that's it. Simon means uh, flat-nosed. Okay, that's the last one. All right, Simon, flat-nosed. So if you have a Simon, it means flat-nosed. Okay, um, that's the last one. And, and because I'm not uh, an idiot, I won't even jokingly list any of the female names on the list. All right, we're just going <laughs> to move on. But in ancient times, names were given because of what they meant. We talked a little bit about that in our, book, our series on the book of Ruth. And we can see it in the passage of 1 Chronicles. It says that his mother named him Jabez because his birth had been so painful. Jabez sounds like a Hebrew word meaning distress or pain. Right? If our parents had named us based on the experience of giving birth to us, many of us would not be able to say our names in church, right? <laughs> Jabez's name literally means pain. From the moment he was born, he was called pain. Some of you might be able to relate to that, right? Your, your name isn't Jabez, but you had a parent or either... Uh, or, or someone in your life who told you that you were a pain, right? Or they treated you like you were a pain in the rear end. And it's very easy to let that define you. So imagine being Jabez, and every time someone called your name, you were reminded of the pain that you were to your mom. Right? It would be understandable to us if Jabez grew up to be incredibly bitter. No one would have been surprised if Jabez grew up to be a bitter old man. If Jabez was arrested, the police officers would have thought, well, of course you've never amounted to anything. You're robbing 7-Elevens. Your name literally means pain. No one would expect pain over here to make much out of his life. Because we know what pain does, right? Pain uh, tends to hold us back. Pain tends to, to make us bitter. Pain tends to, to lead us to lash out. Pain tends to, to lead us into self-destructive behavior. Right? I allowed all the pain in my life to lead me down roads that led to death and destruction, not just once or twice, but time and time again. This is what pain can do to us. And every day that Jabez looked in the mirror, he had pain staring back at him. Notice how Jabez is described in this passage. In verse 9 it says, There was a man named Jabez who was more honorable than any of his brothers. Now, I don't think that uh, that means Jabez's brothers had even worse names than he did. I don't think this is saying compared to how horrible his brothers were, Jabez was honorable. No, no, no. I think this is saying that Jabez was honorable, period. We would not be surprised if a kid named Payne lived a life of bitterness, but Jabez didn't. Here was a kid named Payne who lived an honorable life. His name may have meant pain, but his name did not define who he was. When you're in the midst of pain, it's easy to use that pain as an excuse to do whatever you want to do. Right? We, we tend to use our pain, the pain in our lives, to, as a get-out-of-jail-free card. 
Right? If we do something that is wrong or we do something that hurts someone else, we can always just blame the pain, right? I'm hurting, so I get to do whatever I want to do. I played that card a lot in my life. Sure, what I was doing was wrong, but, I mean, I was in pain. But this doesn't seem to be the path that Jabez took. His name did not define his character. He took responsibility for himself and chose to live an honorable life. Here's the point. It doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter what was spoken over you. You now have a choice to live an honorable life. Now, that doesn't mean it's always easy. It does not discount what you've gone through. It does not condone what was done to you. But it is up to you how you respond. We may not like to hear that, but that is the truth, church. You and only you can control how you respond to everything that happens in your life. It appears Jabez chose to take control of his life and not let the name pain define him. The writer of 1 Chronicles called him honorable. And so we have to ask ourselves, what's going to be said about us? Will people remember us as bitter, as, as selfish, as mean, as arrogant, as angry, as, as jealous, as sad? You cannot control everything in life, but you can control your response to everything in life. That's on you. Jabez made the decision and a series of decisions that led him to being called honorable. We live in a time when being a victim is a, is a highly sought-after title, right? Victimhood gives us permission to live any way that we want to live. But we cannot call ourselves victims and Christians, now, understand what I'm saying here. It doesn't mean that what happened to you didn't happen to you. It just means it doesn't define you. In Jesus, we are not victims. In Jesus, we are more than conquerors. In Jesus, we have victory over everything, even death. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead flows in your veins. So hear me, church. You are not a victim. You are more than a conqueror. Someone say amen. Amen. Jabez chose to live an honorable life. It's a choice. Now, the word honorable is something we need to look at real quickly. Because we all like to feel honored. We all like to be honored, right? We all want to be recognized for the, the good things we do, right? We may not want to be asked to walk up on some large stage in front of, in front of a lot of people, but I think most of us like having things we do recognized in some way, right? We like our spouse to notice when we fold all of the laundry. We like our kids to recognize all that we sacrifice for them. We like our teachers to acknowledge the amount of effort that we put into a project. We like to feel honored. I grew up uh, singing in school chorus and, and church choirs, and, and in high school, our, our chorus celebrated the end of the year with paper plate awards. Now, if you don't know what that is, it's literally a paper plate with an award written and drawn on it, right? And everyone in chorus would, would get one. And so uh, I remember one year in particular when we got it, and, and, and even though they were just dumb little awards, secretly I was hoping that my award would be something like the Golden Voice Award, you know, or something, or like <laughs> the Next Elvis Award, something like that. That's really what I wanted. Instead, what I received was the Osteoporosis Award. Because I never set up. My, my chorus teacher always had to say, Jared, sit up. Because when you sing, you got to sit up straight. I never sit up straight. And so I got the osteoporosis award. 
Yeah, yeah, thank you. That's what I thought as well. Everyone thought it was funny except for me, a single tear. Uh, but we all want to be honored, right? We all want to be honored in some way. But I don't think Jabez, Jabez was called honorable because he lived a life that honored himself. I think Jabez was called honorable because he lived a life that honored God. You see, a truly honorable life is a life lived with the sole goal of pleasing God. See, we throw the word honorable around, but the only truly honorable life or truly honorable action is one that brings glory to God and God alone. Jabez was honorable because he lived a life that honored his God. Why do I think this? Because of his prayer. Look at it again with me. He prayed, oh, that you would bless me and expand my territory. Please be with me in all that I do. And keep me from all trouble and pain. It'd be easy for us to read that prayer and think it's pretty self-centered. I mean, after all, Jabez asked the Lord to bless him and expand his territory. It's a prayer that, that, that a lot of us might pray, right? It's what I call give me prayers. Give me a raise. Give me a new job. Give me a new car. Give me more money. Give me a girlfriend. Some of you guys prayed that a lot growing up. Give me, give me, give me, right? Give me prayers are prayers focused on honoring us. It's about us. They're prayers focused on us. The things that we want for our benefit. And you can read Jabez's prayer as a give me prayer. That's your prerogative. You'd be wrong, but you can read it that way. The reason I say you'd be wrong to read it that way is that right after he asked to be blessed for his territory to be expanded, he says, please be with me in all that I do. You see, it's not about Jabez. He understands that blessing can only come if the Lord is with him. If Jabez is doing anything that the Lord cannot be a part of, then there is no blessing to be had. See, so often we pray for Jesus to bless us, but we have no interest in living according to his will, right? We're over here sinning and expecting Jesus to bless us in our sin. If you're living in sin, expecting Jesus to bless you, well, I've got some good news for you, actually. He already did bless you. He blesses you with grace, and that means you can leave that sin behind. He blesses you with forgiveness, means that you can repent and be forgiven. But we aren't really interested in that kind of blessing. We want to live how we want to live. And we just want Jesus to bless our socks off. You can try that, but you're going to be greatly disappointed. Blessings come from being in the presence of Jesus. And sometimes the blessing is just being in his presence. Jabez was praying for a blessing, but understood that that could only happen if he was close to the Lord. Jabez also asked for his territory to be expanded. Again, it would be easy to read that as a selfish prayer. You could read it as Jabez wanting more wealth, right? If he owned more land and more territory, then he would, in turn, he would have more wealth, right? Owning land was a big deal in the ancient world. Now, hear me, praying for a, a, a particular piece of land, that's not a sin, right? Uh, when my parents were buying land years ago in Cherokee County, they prayed over that land. Is it the right land? In fact, as our church continues to grow, I'm already praying for our next location. We're going to outgrow this place pretty quickly. Praise God. 
And I picked out a building, I won't tell you where, but I picked out a building that I would love to turn into our new campus. And so I'm praying over it, right? But I know the only way we will ever be able to move into that building is if it's God's will. I do not want to move into any building unless it's the building the Lord has chosen for us because only then would he receive all the glory. So there's nothing wrong with praying for, for what you want. But what matters is your heart. What matters is your motive. Are you asking for something that will bring you fame and fortune? Or are you praying for something so that the Lord gets all the glory? Do you want to make your name famous? Or do you want to make the name of Jesus famous? While Jabez could have been asking for his physical territory to be enlarged, I think what he was actually praying for was for his influence to be enlarged. Jabez's prayer was not focused solely on himself. The more territory you had in those days, and even today, the more influence you had. Right? It's really no different today, actually. As social media influencers are influencers because they quote-unquote own more territory on Instagram or TikTok or wherever. The amount of territory you have directly correlates the amount of influence you have. So I don't think he was just praying for his physical territory. I think he was also thinking about his legacy. Remember what I said at the beginning about King David. It's believed that Jabez was an ancestor of the kings of Judah, one of which was David. And it was David's line that eventually led to Jesus. Now hear me, I am not suggesting that Jabez had the Messiah on his mind when he prayed this prayer. But I am suggesting he was essentially praying, not my will, but your will be done across the generations to come. I mentioned a few weeks ago that we are living in one of the most narcissistic times in human history. Pride is no longer a sin, but it's something we have marches celebrating. What narcissism tells you is that everything is all about you. And since everything is all about you, all that matters to you right now is the here and the now. And so we want the blessing now. We want the comfortable life now. We, we so often pray focused only on the here and the now because I'm uncomfortable now. But if we understand territory as Jabez understood territory, we would take our eyes off of ourselves and place our gaze on the generations to come and the generations after that. The way I live my life today has the potential to either bring my great-granddaughter closer to Jesus or farther away from Jesus. I truly, truly believe that, church. I didn't always believe it, but I do now. There is something Jesus wants to do in the lives of my great-grandchildren that he will use me to bring about. Grasping this changes how we live and how we pray. Jabez could not have known this prayer would be recorded for all time. Jabez could not have known his prayer would be answered in the person of King David. Jabez could not have known his prayer would be answered in the person of Jesus Christ. And when the writer of 1 Chronicles wrote, and God granted him his request, he could not have known that he never should have made the sentence past tense. See, I believe if 1 Chronicles was written today, we would have to write, and God continues to grant his request. You see, we are the evidence of God expanding his territory. 
The influence of Jabez stretches all the way to Marietta, Georgia in 2022. Look how he ended his prayer. And keep me from all trouble and pain. Here was a boy named Pain praying to leave that identity behind. Here was Jabez rejecting who the world knows him as and embracing who the Lord knows him to be. Right? That is how you expand your territory. That is how you expand your influence, by leaving behind the victimhood, by leaving behind the world's definition of you, by leaving behind the world's expectations for you, and embracing who Jesus says you are, embracing what Jesus has for you, by being who you were created to be. Not just so you can live in the blessing of the Lord today, but so that your family and your friends can experience the blessing of the Lord. So that your family, for generations to come, can live in the blessings of the Lord. A prayer for the Lord to expand your territory is a prayer to live into his will for your life. Instead of sitting back and and waiting for things to come to you, Jabez's prayer teaches us to go on the the offensive Jabez's prayer teaches us to chase after that which Jesus has for us. Jabez had the humility to pray it. He had humility to pray this prayer. So the question is, do we? Are we humble enough to pray a prayer like this? Do you have that much humility? Do I have that much humility? Do we have the humility to pray this prayer? Do we have the humility to pray the prayer like Jesus prayed in the garden right after, right before Jesus was arrested? He spent some time in prayer. You may remember the story. You can find it in the 22nd chapter of Luke. But in Luke 22, verse 40, uh, 42, it says, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me. Yet not my will, but yours be done. Not my will, but yours be done. This is a prayer of humility. This is a prayer of submission. It's a prayer Jabez prayed. It's a prayer that Jesus prayed. The question is, will it be be a prayer that we pray? There's a good chance you are not the next Moses. There's a good chance you are not the next David or the next Paul. But you can be the next Jabez. A simple man who simply prayed to have an influence on many in the name of the Lord. Jabez could not predict how God would answer that prayer. Neither can you. But will you pray it? Are you willing to pray a prayer like this? Lord, expand my territory. Expand my influence. It was one thing to have an influence over my kids and to raise them up in the faith. But Lord, expand my territory. Help me reach outside of my own family. Expand my territory at work so I can reach more people in the name of Jesus at work and at school. Expand my territory. Are you willing to pray that prayer? Now hear me, you may end up as a missionary in Africa if you pray that prayer. Or you'll live out your days here in East Cobb and you will never be famous. But there will be someone There may be two people. There may be hundreds of people. There may be thousands of people who come to know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. All because you were willing to submit to God's will for your life. 
In a moment, we're going to share in communion. Communion is when we remember what Jesus did for every man, woman, and child. This is when we remember that Jesus prayed, yet not my will, but yours be done, even though he knew the Father's will was for him to be tortured and killed. And so in a moment, you're going to be invited to come forward. You'll be given a piece of bread, and you'll dip it into the cup, and you'll eat it. The bread represents the body of Jesus. The, the, the juice represents his blood. His body broken for you. His blood poured out for you. Because it was the Father's will for him. But as you come, I want to invite you to pray the prayer of Jabez. But I don't want you just to recite it. I want you to pray it like they're your words. I want you to pray like they are your words. Make it your prayer today. Make it your prayer for this week. During communion in a moment, not yet, but in a moment, the, the prayer will be on the screen. So all you got to do is read it, but make it yours. Are you willing to ask the Lord to expand your influence for his sake, not yours? So that your family members who don't know him can know him. So that your neighbors who don't know him can know him. So that your co-workers who don't know him can know him. So that your classmates who don't know him can know him. Are you willing to be like Jabez? I'm going to pray. And then we'll invite you to come. And as you share your communion, I invite you to pray Jabez's prayer. Let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father. I thank you so very much that you do have a, a purpose and a will for each of our lives. Lord, I thank you that you want to use us to carry out your will here on earth. You want to use us to, to reach the lost in the name of Jesus. And so, Lord, I ask that today as we, we celebrate communion as we remember what you were willing to do for us, that today we be willing to pray this prayer. We ask for you to bless us, Lord, but not just to bless us, but bless us by, by us following after you. And we would ask you to expand our territory, expand our influence so that people we care about, people we don't even know yet, would come to know you as your Lord and Savior. And so to give us this time, just be with us, speak to us, challenge us. I pray this all in the name of Jesus. Amen.